Eat, drink, smoke, snack size edition when you need a little something to tide you over. Uh, Tony Katz, that's April D. Gregory, that's Fingers Malloy. Uh, usually, we record a Blend Bar Cigar, great spot. They got four locations uh, across uh, the country. Uh, today, it we started too early, day is too beautiful. We're in my backyard. We're on the deck, and it is fantastic. The weather is amazing. We did the Yaziki 10-year single malt whiskey. You can't call it scotch if it's not from uh, Scotland, and we're taking a pass. A pretty hard pass. It's not that it was bad. It's just that it had nothing that really entertained. It had nothing that really engaged in, in the long term. I don't think you'd spend the $65 a bottle to keep it in, in your liquor cabinet. Maybe the 12-year, maybe the other, one of the other ones. Absolutely. This was the 10-year we did, and not really there. Then on cigars, we're doing the Sobra Mesa. Now, this is the uh, 7 by 50 right? So into that Churchillish kind of size. Uh, this has been tremendous. This is an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. That's Nicaraguan uh, within. There's a little bit of um, uh, Pennsylvania broadleaf, I believe, that, that's in there. The leathers, the creams, really wonderful. There's, for me, almost a touch of citrus, but I cannot tell you if I'm getting a residual from the Yaziki or not. So uh, I, I have to go back and check it again. The manufacturer of these, uh, uh, Dunbarton, is Steve Saka, the guy who made Liga Pravadas, who, who actually designed Liga Pravadas, doesn't own the company. That's Drew Estate. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Liga Pravada, huge fan of Drew Estate. The Feral Flying Pig, one of my favorite cigars of all time. And this has been just wonderful the sobra mesa uh they also have uh the sin compromiso which was just terrific sin compromiso without compromise april d gregory is is what that is right there so that is what we're smoking and make sure if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast two podcasts a week over there on itunes that's where you gotta go you gotta subscribe over there uh eat drink smoke on itunes write a review give it a five-star review do that immediately if not uh sooner and so it's it's been a a good day of smoking. It's been a good day of drinking on the deck. And on the day that we're recording this, it's a Sunday. And it's the day after, uh, in the NFL world, uh, Andrew Luck announced his retirement. And we're in Indianapolis. He plays, played. <laughs> he played for the Colts. And it has just been an incredible story here. I was out in a restaurant. I was telling this story when the news broke. And the restaurant went from, like, everybody in their own conversations, in their own world, to Every single table talking about Andrew Luck. It was incredible. And so there are a lot of rumors now going around. And by the, you know, the, all these things are going to change. And one of the rumors that has sent Fingers Malloy into the stratosphere is what if Eli Manning. Settle down, April D. Gregory. Not? Settle down. I'm gonna, Can tilt, we not? I'm going to tilt up your microphone just a touch right there. If Eli Manning of the Giants, who is now, very, he very well might be replaced by Daniel Jones. Uh, if he could end up with the Colts, which of course would be amazing because Peyton Manning, his brother, was the Colts, and then he ended up in, in Denver where he won a second Super Bowl. What? There's nothing amazing about that at all. Amazing! Nothing amazing about that if at all. If Eli Manning was a Colt? And what a story! I Eli think you just made this up so we could... I didn't... Why would I make it up? Thank you for impugning my character in this way. <laughs> of course it's a rumor. And it's only a rumor. How could that not be amazing? Why are you so opposed to this idea? First of all, Eli Manning should have been benched two years ago. Holy cow, you're unkind. Well, the only reason why he is still playing quarterback for the Giants is because he won those Super Bowls and uh, Mara, the won owner. Won those Super Bowls. Super you Mara, jerk face. 
Well, Mara, who won or who owns uh, the the Mara family, who owns the Giants, they don't want to give up Eli Manning. He's their their poster boy, but he has played terrible football the last couple of years, and. The idea people don't understand salary cap implications when it comes. Oh, why don't we just trade for him? Oh, we'll trade for Pey- uh, Eli Manning, Peyton Manning. Y- they'd be better off with Peyton Manning, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> Eli Manning. Someone is, made a phone call, guaranteed. Yeah, Eli Manning is making a boatload of cash. The salary cap, unless he did some kind of restructuring, which I guess is possible, uh, they could make, pull off that trade. But why would you trade for a washed-up thirty-eight-year-old quarterback who should have retired two years ago? Because you need a quarterback. Yo, first of all, his last name. Secondly, uh, if you talk about Peyton, the man broke his neck and he came back. Now, he didn't have a great Super Bowl, but he <laughs> certainly was uh, a, a huge part of making that happen. And you never know. People get second acts and they do great. Why is this so unbelievably surprising to you? Why wouldn't you just play your younger quarterback who you have now? Why not who knows just your Colin Kaepernick, tough guy? <laughs> We all know why they're not going to bring in Colin Kaepernick because he's a huge distraction. But you've got quarterbacks who have been in your system all offseason during mini camps, during training camps. Brissett looks like he could be a decent player. You're not going to bring in Eli Manning, have him learn the system in, what, two weeks? And you think he's going to come in and light it up and you're going to overpay a 38-year-old washed-up quarterback? Absolutely not. I I think you're so angry and so... (laughs) Because it's not the real world. It's like people play fantasy football. You're right. No one ever brought up somebody who was older, except we all know that Vinny Testaverde got on multiple teams into his 40s. Everything is possible. Now, I listen, the the story is bigger than, right, whether some guy's playing football, because this is not a a, a sports podcast in that way. And really, the the story about Andrew Luck, you got to go and listen to the full podcast when it's available there at Eat, Drink, Smoke on iTunes, and you got to subscribe and give it the five-star review. It'll be up on Fireside as well. EatDrinkSmoke.Fireside.FM is where you can find it. The real story here is what in the world has it done now to the NFL that Andrew Luck at 29 is retiring, and part of it is he's got $100 million in the bank or whatever it is, and he doesn't need it. He doesn't need it. You start paying these guys more and more and more and more, and the high-profile guys, the stars of the league, right, they'll retire early because what's the point? They're only going to get beat up. They take their money. You take some fame. You parlay it into something else, and, and that's it. I mean, Pat McAfee. I don't know Pat McAfee personally. He was the punter. He's parlayed it into a contract with the, with WWE, with the with ESPN to to ca- to call uh, Thursday night games. But he was also hurt when he retired as well. Yeah, I don't know if you know this or not. Pat McAfee was on a show. I don't know if it was Dan Patrick show. Uh, he was brought in by the Bears for kind of a tryout to become their place kicker. Right. And he thought kick about field it. goals. Yeah, to kick field goals, not be a punter. And he thought about it seriously, and he said he got on the plane for the flight home, and his knee ballooned up, and his knee immediately told him, I can't kick in the NFL anymore. So if it's based on injury, I completely agree with you. Like, why am I going through this? I got a ton of bank. And I'm not saying that there aren't people who have injuries who are done. That happens all the time. Well, that's what we're talking about luck. Andrew Luck said he was mentally worn down. Because of the injuries. And, and maybe because of the injuries. And then he looked at his bank account and said, Quit I don't need to do this anymore. trying to make fetch happen. 
I'm I'm sorry. I I have a solid point he's to make. He's mentally run down because he's hurt all the effing time, and you're allowed to decide you're mentally run down. I absolutely and you need a agree. different career. I 100% absolutely agree with that. My question was, does it change the NFL? I don't know why that's such a, a problematic thought. I think it does change the NFL. It changes how they view their stars. It changes possibly how they pay them. Or you're going to see you're never going to get to a level of the top-tier quarterback you may have had in the past because they'll be gone too quickly to be able to fully mature. It's a, it well, takes here's the thing, time. Here's the thing about top-tier quarterbacks. It takes time, right, to become a, a good quarterback. It does, and it also takes staying with the same team. And the NFL and other you know, NBA, blah, 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 they've already deteriorated in the years past because people change all the time. And so it's not just you become a top-tier quarterback. You have to have the longevity of the same team. And that's the thing that's not always as common, right? right. So people switch all the time. Yeah. It's not it, – it, people – I don't know. I don't know I if I guess if you're it. only talking about quarterbacks, that's one thing. But you can't just really – talk about that in a general sense of the NFL. Tony, I think times are changing, and, and I do agree with you that there are going to be skilled position players like running backs, wide receivers, and, you know, like Gronk. But Gronk is kind of old, too, as a tight 29. end. 29. <laughs> 29. He's been around the block. But as a tight he's end, some he things, gets, man. Yeah, he's gotten the crap kicked out of him. These skilled position Jeez. players, they look and they see, I've got 15, 20 million in the bank. Why, why should I continue to do this? But when you're a protected quarterback, this is what makes the luck thing so extraordinary. You're, you're seeing quarterbacks play into their mid to late 30s. Uh, Tom Brady's 62, and he's playing football because they're so well protected. But Andrew Luck, 62. Andrew Luck got the crap kicked out of him for so yeah. long. If now he would have been better protect, protected, we would not be sitting here talking about this right now. Yeah, I, I, I fully believe, and you could tell he still wants to play. He was very emotional. But the injuries have just taken a toll. Chuck Strong. On. And no no one is saying that the industry in, injuries haven't taken a toll. I have not once said that at all. My conversation was about you how this You just didn't changes. like the way he said oh, no. it's so, a oh, mental thing. Oh, I don't like that at all. The mentally run down thing is, is to me, totally nonsensical. My body it's cannot do it anymore. That's I'm physically the truth. run down because physically my body, run I'm down. mentally run down because I physically cannot do my job. A lot of people are job. mentally run down. You can't get anybody to, to any way feel for you because you're mentally run down. People are mentally run down constantly and they still show up to work to take care of their family. It's a, it's really an ugly, ugly he terminology. He showed up to work and took really care of his family. Is. His family is taken care of. And so now we're he's capitalist. away. We're capitalists. So that. you're pissing on him because he made more money um, than you. You are you so to keep wrong. Going. You're worn You've down, literally but you have to keep going. <laughs> You've actually invented a fight where one didn't exist. His coming out and saying, I'm mentally worn down, I think is an ugly thing to say to fans. Him saying, I have the an world's injury not and I literally fair. cannot recover. My body does not recover the way my mind does. And it's just, I, I can't do it anymore. I think it's totally I fine. I also think that part of this is a little bit unfair because I don't know. Maybe he wouldn't have said that if they would have gone with the original plan if of him having pro- yeah. his whole uh, announcement the next day we're going to have this the long press, press conference. conference. But they yeah. kind of threw this it, thing together because the of the leaked story at the yeah. e- at Who ESPN. Who leaked the story? That's what I want to know because I'll tell you something right now. If there was somebody in the Colts because organization the, who leaked that, oh, one, the, they only should be people, fired. No, it would, only people in the Colts organization knew. The players only Jacoby Brissett knew ahead of time. Luck had already told him. He was going to tell the rest of the players before the press conference. So none of the players knew. It had to have been... 
one it, of the it, higher it ups. Could have been Jim Arsay. The owner oh, of the despi- team. It's despicable because it created I an ugly it, scene in that I've, stadium. Because From the instant, I thought it was Ursa. Fans are sitting in the stands. This breaks on Twitter. It's all over the stadium. And they're looking down at Andrew Luck, who's yucking it up with his teammates. And it created kind of an ugly yeah. atmosphere. So there, there that are, never have happened There are way. multiple of ways to look at the story and, and, and layers to the story, pieces to the story. Whether I'm happy about the fact that he said he's mentally run down is only one of the many many pieces out there, but I want to get into how I think this is possibly generational. It's a really interesting story over at ABC News. But first, Fanimation. Fanimation.com, fantastic, spectacular sponsor of the Eat, Drink, Smoke podcast. These are ceiling fans that you should have for indoor or outdoor use. I'm right behind me. I'm going to be building uh, something, and it's going to be a beautiful overhang, and in there are going to be Fanimation fans. You Customize the blades, the the the, en- the engines, the motors are whisper quiet. You can get any kind of lighting, LED lighting, indoor or outdoor. When you have a living room or or a family room, and you have like that old style ceiling fan, what are you doing? You spend all that money to make it look yeah. great. You gotta have yeah, the finishing yeah. touches. The little things yeah. mean a lot. Yeah. And a ceiling fan from Fanimation is the way to do it. Fanimation.com. You tell them you heard about it on the Eat Drink Smoke podcast. Fanimation.com. Spectacular people. Uh, and you're going to love, love what they have to offer and all the different styles and selections. It is your first and only choice for ceiling fans, indoor or outdoor. That is Fanimation. Fanimation.com. The story from ABC News is a story about how more and more young Americans, again, you could argue it's a millennial conversation, but it's really not. It is a generational cultural conversation. More and more young Americans open to the idea of supporting socialism. This is the the story as done by Ellis Rua of the Associated Press, founded on ABC News. Even in Miami, where they are, of course, anti-communist, Castro is evil, and he is evil, was evil, is evil, uh, is an example of evil. Um, You've got a whole series of voters, they don't care anymore. They actually think some level of socialism would be good for the country. No connection to the past, no connection to history, a proactive work piece of work to not teach any level of history. And this isn't even a conversation of, of where you are politically. I, I didn't ask if you're a Trump supporter, don't care. I didn't ask who you're voting for, don't care. As a, as a concept, you take a look at socialist nations, which are not Finland and Sweden and Denmark. They're not. These, these are capitalist nations that have very large welfare states, I, I agree, and their, their happiness is coming down in terms of uh, the, the percentage of the population that find themselves happy. They're having other issues. Uh, so I don't, I'm not a believer, personally, in large welfare states. Uh, but they're not communist nations. They're not socialist nations. These socialist nations are having problems. Venezuela is a disaster. Cuba, you're going to argue that Cuba, because Michael Moore said you can get good health care there, it's total garbage, not in the slightest. Not in any way, shape, or form. No one said, my goodness, I'm sick. Let me run to Cuba. No one ever said that, ever. They may have said, hey, let us go to Havana and have a cigar. No one ever said, let's go to Havana and have an operation. Forget Michael Moore's wrong. and and He did that because he hates hates America more than he loves the truth. I mean, that's got to be uh, the answer. If you want to argue problems in America, you can. You don't argue them by saying Cuba is better. But there's this whole generational shift going on. That has people thinking, and Ocasio-Cortez is part of this, and, and the squad is part of this, and the media apparatchik is part of this, where all of a sudden it's, yeah, not so bad. We could use 
some more of this. And that was the the piece, the, the, the Gallup poll. 43% said some version would be really good for the country. Um, it was 58% of 18 to 34-year-olds, 36% of those 55 and older. What do you do with that? Are you surprised? I'm not. No. I'm, I'm, I'm disgusted. They're bombarded with this every day with uh, sympathetic media and the message going out that, that, that it's okay. Uh, it's being taught in schools today that maybe some form of socialism would be okay for the United States. Well, yeah, because These kids they're all are bombarded. graduated with $100,000 of college debt and they are mentally drained by the overwhelming load of it all. Now you're, now you're now just trying to now- me. <laughs> Now you're just, and you're real close. And it sounds appealing to erase my college debts and pay for my health care until I'm 26, so I don't have to get a job. 26 forever. Oh, Cradle to grave. Well, I healthcare. mean. It just falls from the sky and it's free. Well, that's what I hear, but I was just trying to, you know. I'm not sure. And there's this whole look at something called the generational gap of what matters, you know, um, Patriotism matters to the baby boomer generation, but really doesn't seem to matter to, to Gen Z uh, and, and millennials. It's the same thing with like uh, having children. Uh, it matters far less to younger generations. Uh, and, and the idea of building a family, home ownership was one of those uh, as well. So there are these, some of these changes I'm not bothered by. Some of these changes I think are, are very, very okay, and they can also change back over time. Because they go one way, they might not you know, go that way in the future. Although I will argue having less people makes it more difficult for a nation to, to thrive. Just take a look at Russia. Russia is having massive problems. That because their people don't make more people, uh, if, if, if yeah, you will. You have to have people to pay the bills of socialism. Right? But if you take a look at things the, like, for working. example, community involvement is one of the things that they've got here in this Wall Street Journal uh, piece. Uh, Gen X and and millennials, Gen Z, are far more interested in that than are uh, baby boomers, and it could just be because of an age thing. And you're screaming, "Get off my lawn!" to everybody. You don't you don't worry about having you know your neighbors involved. You don't want to see your neighbors. But it's an interesting kind of. Str- this applies to me to what's going on with Andrew Luck, because I do think it's generational. I don't think you, Jim Brown, being the real exception, going back a great number of years, the great uh, Cleveland Browns running back. You don't have people who leave at the top. You have them leave when they're done. I'd argue Barry Sanders, too. All right. I'm a Lions fan. A more, a more, a more recent uh, example, Barry Sanders in the NFL. He could have the had the, the rushing title. He, he would have passed Walter Payton if he hadn't had a significant injury. He would, have, uh, walked, he would have broken Walter Payton's record, but he walked away the day before training camp, and I got my season tickets the day after he retired. But you're not angry about that. I was angry at the time, because, but it was different like circumstances. You might still be angry. Well, I, we I thought it was in his situation. It did feel like a giant fu to the Lions organization. And looking back at it now, as time has passed, I can't really blame him for giving the Lions a big fu because the Lions organization is horrible. This situation's different. I mean, the guy clearly he said he said, "Look, I'm hurt." Yeah. If you watched Andrew Luck's press hurt. conference on Saturday night, he said, "I'm I'm hurt." And I have been hurt for four years, and I can't, I can't do this anymore. I, 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 I respect that Is decision. Is it generational at all that possibly in a prior generation somebody would have fought through it? Why Is it also, just... I'm asking the question, I don't know why it's so distressing to you. I'm mentally drained by this question. Oh. 
I think it's interesting how the, the country is changing. And I don't know how, it, it, I'm curious how these changes will change other things, how it's going to change the dynamic. We take a look at what, you know, Andrew Luck retiring. We haven't asked the question, how does it affect television contracts? Right? If the stars go away and you have a difference in the viewer, does it change how much TV pays the NFL? That's right. a huge change to what advertisers are paying, uh, the money that the players get paid, uh, and then could have an, a real impact on the longevity of the sport. If people are like, ah, it's not what it used to be, I'll go check out what they're doing. The NBA has even further uh, moves up. Other sports have an opportunity to move up. Who knows? Soccer takes hold in America. Uh, it has, you know, in, in the suburbs. Why do you have to be that way? Why do you have to look <laughs> like that, Fingers? What's wrong with soccer? Fingers? What's, uh, what's wrong? <laughs> good Lord. You watch a game for 90 minutes. Nobody scores. Just passing the ball back and forth. I don't... God bless... You know, hey, if you're a soccer fan, God bless you. I, I've tried. I, during the World Cup, I'll sit down and I'll, I'll watch it. And then uh, politics gets in, 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 you know, in the... Put, right smack dab in the middle of soccer too you can't you can't even watch soccer tony without it being political the nfl is it's all political now and wait that's gonna that, be another thing that happens uh espn I, I forget where it was like you know they've they've said we don't want any more politics and then you had a espn host dan lebitard go on a screed about trump and he got called into the president's office and it was like you can't do it it's not what our audience wants nobody wants this and i think there's data out there to back it up they don't want the politics it's like the nfl bringing on jay-z to do this whole social justice thing you had nfl players saying this is ridiculous this is a scam I, he's going to be a part owner now of a team and he's going to take care of social what is what is, he was a guy who supported kaepernick taking the knee and now yeah. he's doing this i i've stopped watching espn sports center used to be uh, my jam the kids Say my jam. Uh, Sports Center used to be my jam, and then they have all these other mor- morning yak in the morning, and hey, we're chatting, and all the you know all these morning talking, yak. yeah, all these talking head shows, and it feels like twenty percent of it's politics, and I'm not tuning in. Sports is supposed to be an escape from politics and the the real world for three hours you can go to a stadium and pay fifteen dollars for a beer and you can forget <laughs> about monday bed work and all that stuff and and politics and how ugly the political landscape is and they're just dragging all that into sports now we can't escape it's mentally draining by the way on you know when we do uh, the snack size we also stream it live to facebook mm-hmm. facebook.com slash tony catch radio and lots of people in there and i greatly uh, appreciate it connie saying uh, there in the, in the feed, if you've never lived with chronic pain, you have no idea how mentally draining it is. Yeah. No disagreement. No disagreement at all. As a matter of fact, this is why I oppose uh, cities and states and others trying to sue opioid manufacturers. If we have an opioid crisis in America, let's, let's address how that's happening. Let's not limit opioids so people have to live with pain. I don't think anybody should have to live with pain. And I fight that stuff aggressively. Uh, because it's it's Matt, we're going to get to the point where people are going to say you only get five pills a month. Well, I need one pill a day. Yeah, yeah. Figure it out. No, don't figure it out. I'm not. I don't. I am not interested in the American society where birth control has to be free and I have to pay for it. Yet other people have to live in constant pain all the time. That's nuts. Tony, my father just had about a month ago surgery on his bladder. They removed two three centimeter bladder stones. 
uh, cut into an 81 year old man, cut into his bladder, pulled these stones out. They That's gave attractive. they they gave him six Percocet and wouldn't give him any more. He said, "Hey, I'm still in pain after it was over." We had to. They wouldn't call in the prescription. We had to physically go and pick up the script at the doctor's office and get it refilled because they can't call it in. Like that's against the law. That's they can't call it in. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous what we're doing. But no, again, I'm not saying that Andrew Luck should live in pain. Nothing. I've said nothing like that, no matter what April D. Gregory has tried to foist upon me here. Follow April D. Gregory, by the way, on Twitter, April D. Gregory Fingers Malloy, Fingers Malloy Radio on Facebook. You have to subscribe to the podcast. You have to subscribe and write a review and give it a five-star review immediately on iTunes. Go do that right now. It's unbelievably helpful. The podcast is growing. We're building tremendously. We're working on some other uh, events, as many of you well know. We hope to have some... uh, some information about that sooner rather than later. The Sober Mesa Cigar. This is the 7x50, and this is wonderful. This is wonderful. This has been a very so nice much flavor. flavor all the mm-hmm. way through. And, uh, you know, it's not like other flavors built out of it. It's rather the leathers have gotten better. Mm-hmm. And and it's just been, that's that's for me, it's that, it's that Nicaraguan side of it. Uh, I still say there's a wood. I don't know how I don't know how they would describe it. That's what I get. There's a, again a touch of citrus working for me. I don't know if that's f- just a residual or something else going on with the cigar. I'm enjoying it tremendously, and this has lasted a good hour plus. I think if you were smoking it even on your own, it's going to last an hour. Really take a chance to kind of enjoy it. And a day like today, it's just too gorgeous uh, for words. It was the Yaziki uh, ten year. Not going in my liquor cabinet. No. Did you even finish it, April? No. No. No, you did not. No, you did not. But you are drinking red wine from Indiana out of a ball jar. I am. Uh, yeah, out of a mason jar. That's kind of how we roll. Uh, here, find me on Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. And, of course, the website, TonyKatz.com. Uh, no, I mean, Twitter and Instagram, uh, Tony Katz. And subscribe, Eat, Drink, Smoke on iTunes. Go do it right now immediately. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke, Snack Size Edition.